Welcome to the State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris, and we're back to talk uh, another week of Texas recruiting. Uh, but before we do that, we, we do want to remind you guys that uh, we are active on all uh, major podcast platforms, so you can find us on any of those. Please subscribe, rate, and review, um, and please check out the other shows on the Horns 24-7 Network. Nick, uh, you're back this week after after having a week off last week. Uh, how's everything going? Yeah, going pretty good. Hope y'all didn't forget about me. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, actually, I had a question uh, from last week that I think I'm just going to save for this week uh, for the mailbag that was specifically addressed to you. So I think uh, I we'll, think the we'll question have... you're talking about that he asked the same exact question this week. So we'll get to it for sure. Okay, um, let's uh, let's jump right in here. It has been a, a week of of ups downs, whatever for uh, for Texas recruiting, and I think uh, the best place probably to start is. Um, you know, with the with the news, I, I reported a little bit earlier this week that it seems like things are are certainly getting away from Texas when it comes to uh, the Brockermeyer brothers. And you know, this is a th- this is a recruitment that I think I've said over and over. You know, I I, I like I think Texas is hanging in there, but um, it's going to take something big for me to kind of change that that crystal ball and. Um, you know, I think I heard enough talking to people near them when I went out to All Saints earlier this week to see them. And, uh, you know, for Texas, it, losing it, we've, we've talked about this a million times before, but losing out on, on these two, uh, two actual legacies who are the number one players at their position in the country, um, it really, really hurts. Yeah, and nobody, I think, in the in the country is better at following the Brock Myers than you, Mike. But what I will say is that um, it definitely hurts if Texas can't land them, and it's certainly looking that way right now. Uh, Bama's just put themselves in a great position. Um, you know, I would consider it drastic in some ways. Uh, those are two guys you really got to land. But, um, you know, we look forward. Uh, there's some more offensive line offers on the table. Um, there's, definitely a, there's definitely a future in sight at that position. Yeah, and so I, I think we'll probably have to dive into you know maybe what are what are some of those um, those other options at a later time. And it, it is important to note that a decision has not been made as of yet. This is just where I think things are leaning as of right now. Um, but I think that there were some things where I said you know maybe it's going to be hard for for the brothers to uh, overlook the fact that they've wanted to play at Texas their whole life. I think they've gotten past that, and I think that really. Um, you know, there's a feeling around the family that they wish Texas was the no-brainer choice. I mean, they, they really do. The family is obviously, you know, Blake, their dad played at Texas, their grandfather played at Texas, their mother was a cheerleader at Texas. Um, their Burnt Orange runs through that family. Their brother Luke currently plays at Texas. Uh, but I think really last season hurt a lot in their eyes. And, um, you know, when they look at it from a development and, and winning perspective, it's it's really hard not to like Alabama. Yeah, and, and certainly I want I want to throw this in right at the end. And certainly I think Texas can put them back, uh, put them put themselves back in the position of being a no brainer uh, if they have a really good season this year. And that goes with you know any re- uh, high high level recruit that Texas has missed out on or might miss out on in the future. You know, you go out and you get ten wins in the regular season, maybe a Big Twelve championship to accompany it. Then you know those big recruits are going to start thinking about it, and you know maybe it might be a no brainer at that at that position and you know there's there's still a lot of time left in this 2021 class so i don't think it's quite time to freak out about it 
Yeah, it, it's it's certainly tough though, especially when you look at the offensive line recruiting. Things have just not really been going Herb Hand's way this cycle. After he basically landed, you know, everybody he wanted to land last cycle, um, it's more so a case of you know missing out on, on a talented group. So I'm really interested to see kind of how that offensive line class shakes out in a year where it was so talented. Um, we talked about maybe some good news uh, on the way last week, and uh, we're going to preview the decisions of, of J.D. Coffey and Ishmael Ibrahim, uh, two very high targets on the board in the defensive back group. Uh, J.D. Coffey, the, the four-star safety from Kennedale, and Ishmael Ibrahim, the four-star cornerback from Dallas Kimball. Um, both guys that we're really familiar with, we've seen a bunch of times. I've known J.D. since he was a freshman. I've known Ish since he was a sophomore. So um, I've spent a lot of time with these guys. And, uh, you know, I think that, it, as I've mentioned in the past, I think Texas is in a really good position here. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that both are doing their commitment on the same day. Um, I, I have heard they've talked about playing together at the next level. And so I think that um, obviously that bodes well for Texas, considering that they're uh, really the only school that, that crosses over for both in their top schools. Uh, Nick, you saw uh, JD last week at a, at a showcase event. How, what did you think about it? Yeah, that was my first time seeing JD. And uh, I, I love his size. I love his mobility. I love his speed. Um, I, I really think he can get it done at the next level. And if uh, Texas can land these two guys on Monday, uh, then that puts Chris Ash and Jay Valai in business as far as the rest of the class. And, you know, hopefully bringing in some more defensive back targets, such as Andrew Makuba or uh, whichever way they decide to lean. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is very vital for the defensive class here in this 2021 class to land these two guys, if they can go ahead and, you know, secure the bag on Monday. Uh, but, but yeah, I like where Texas stands for sure. Yeah, and so uh, could be some good news coming next week after what seems like a, a lot of bad. And I think, especially when you look at Ishmael Ibrahim, that's, I mean, for, for Texas, that's the top corner on their board pretty much. And a guy that I've mentioned before, you know, I've heard that Texas thinks very highly of. And another Power 5 coordinator told me that, that they think he may have the most, uh, the highest ceiling of, of any player at the cornerback position in the country. So um, would obviously be great news for Texas. Um, Nick, I, uh, as you know, Texas high schools have opened up for, for strength and conditioning workouts. Um, in some cases, if you're West Orange Stark, they've opened and closed um, after, after getting hit with COVID. Um, I've been out to a couple this week, went out to see uh, the Brockermeyers at All Saints on, on uh, Monday, I believe. And then today, as we're recording this on Thursday, I saw um, – I went out to McKinney High and saw uh, Jonathan Jones, Texas defensive line offer. And I you know, came away really impressed with that kid. I didn't know a lot about him. Um, legit size, 6'4", 240-ish, uh, and, and a really, really special athlete. You know, he uh, can easily dunk a basketball, which, um, you know, sounds easy when you're 6'4", but I think uh, when you see see the videos I saw and uh, today of him just getting up, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a really great indicator. Uh, it sounds like from from talking to him that Texas is is in that top group, but maybe Missouri's got a little bit of a lead considering they offered before. So uh, a lot of good things there. Uh, we've got a busy weekend ahead, um, and then of course I'm next week. I'm going to try to make my way out to more schools. I don't know if you're lining up any stops or anything yet, Nick. But um, I, I uh, I've got a, we both have a busy weekend ahead. So uh, let's let's get into that uh, tomorrow. 
I think I saw that you're joining me at the uh, FBU camp in, uh, in in Plano. Uh, yes. Is is that tomorrow? Actually, I thought it said July twelfth. Well, I guess I'm there tomorrow. <laughs> no, it's, <coughs> it's tomorrow. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or actually today as we're recording this, so it'll be yeah. Friday. Yes, yeah, so um, Well, now you've got me thinking, do I need to look at this? No, it is June 12th. Okay. okay. <laughs> it is June 12th. So noon to one registration. Um, yeah, so we'll be there seeing some guys. I saw Anthony Hill from Denton. Ryan was going to be there. That's a kid I'm excited to see uh, up close. And then um, Saturday, uh, Nick, there's an event that I have not told you about yet, but um, if you want to come, they're going to be uh, – there's going to be a local combine for some kids in the area, including Maurice Blackwell, I think, will be there. And, um, like, Hal Presley and some other guys that are going to be just doing some testing um, and doing some events for the media. So uh, that'll be Saturday. And then Sunday we've got a full day of, of our guy, Coach Flight, and his clinic with Coach O um, doing a, a DB showcase. So we're going to see a lot of talent over the weekend. Uh, Nick, have you started to line up or think about uh, visiting any schools uh, this uh, this summer? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to get out this weekend, like you said, uh, to a couple of these events. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking to hit some DFW schools here in the next couple of weeks. I've uh, I've been hitting Houston and Austin hard, uh, Austin hard right before the pandemic, and then Houston hard in recent weeks. So uh, I want to get the Dallas area in there as well, and then head out to East Texas and uh, stay with my East Texas folk and check out some schools while I'm out there. Uh, hoping hoping to get this little northeast part of Texas covered and uh, see some kids that uh, I haven't seen in a while. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely lining up some for next week and the following week, and then I have a couple of out of state trips coming up that I'm pretty excited about so uh, the summer we're definitely there's no lack of content um I, I think that was i've mentioned this before but you know it was kind of a worry going into the pandemic if we wouldn't have enough content or, you know if uh recruiting was going to slow but it's just sped right up and it's going to keep speeding up right up until the season so uh it's definitely it's definitely been a blessing but I, i'm really excited to get out and see some kids I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit on the way things work at Horns 24-7. So when everything was announced with the pandemic, um, we got together as a staff and kind of talked about, all right, what can we do? And I remember on that phone call, I told somebody, you know, I might have enough for maybe two, three weeks of a stampede, and I'm not sure after that. And, you know, fortunately for us, I've we've been able to do a stampede every week, and uh, we've had lots of information coming in and out. So, uh, yeah, we've had we've had no shortage of content for sure. And, um, uh, yeah, there will be some, some big visits uh, this summer, and just kind of keep them busy, man, and, and just kind of – Stay in it and hope hope we can get through all this and get to football season and everything goes off without a hitch. I will say this: uh, the both schools I've been at have taken a lot of precautions. Um, they are they are working really hard to make sure none of their kids are hit with COVID. And um, so I, I think if if the two schools I've visited so far are any indication, uh, I think ta- uh, the, the state of Texas is probably in good hands when it comes to that. Um, Nick, you're not going to be headed out to Geyer. To, to see your old buddy coach Webb. <laughs> hey, I might, I might make a trip out there. I want to see those Denton schools as well. Ah, uh, that's uh, I knew I knew Coach Webb was your guy, so <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to our next segment. We uh, earlier this week I connected with uh, New Texas commit Isaac Pearson, the punter out of Australia, um, for an interview in which he calls me mate quite a few times and uh, I can't say I hated it so please enjoy this conversation with Isaac Pearson 
All right, and now joining me on the State of Recruiting podcast is the uh, the newest member of the uh, Texas Commit class in 2021. Uh, from the land down under, it is Isaac Pearson, the uh, the punter. How's it going, Isaac? Very well, thank you, mate. How you doing? Great. Um, first of all, I've talked with several other guys in the Texas media who have talked to you, and we all agree that we like it when you call us mate. So, uh, so very good on that <laughs> front. <laughs> um, excellent, excellent. Just kind of tell me your feelings, man. Like, like the I, I want to get into this process and how it came about, but um, just tell me your feelings to be committed to Texas and and um, you know move into Austin next year. It is. It's honestly a dream come true. It's something I've been working towards for quite a long time now. And you know, Texas was the dream school all along. Uh, I didn't think that it was ever going to come about, um, but yeah, I've I've managed to to have it fall at my feet and. Through the hard work of Crokey Australia, Nathan Chapman and John A. Smith, we've we've managed to get it done, and yeah, I, I can't wait to get to work. So you, you told me when I first reached out to you that Texas was the dream school. Obviously, mm. I think you know I don't know how much you guys watch college football over there in mass. I think Texas has kind of a brand that's worldwide recognizable. Is that is mm-hmm. that part of it, or what what made it that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I remember when when I first started learning about the sport. I Googled something like coolest college teams and um, Texas was the top of the list. So I thought, what better team to follow than, and, and what's more American than playing football for the University of Texas. So that was, that was where that came from. That was why it's been my favorite for you know, nearing four, four years now. Um, what, is, what do you know about not just the University of Texas, what do you know about the state of Texas or what do you think you know or what do you think we're like over here in Texas? <laughs> I haven't actually been to Texas, so my, my I guess, perception of the whole idea is um, from Hollywood movies and TV, and, you know, I'm picturing everyone walking around in, in big, you know, cowboy hats and, and cowboy boots, and everyone wears, listens to country music, which, you know, I, I love. I, I love country music, so I'm looking forward to getting over there and seeing how correct or how misplaced I am. Yeah, Austin's actually you're not. I, you'll see some, but it's not. It's a lot more of a like a, almost a California vibe now. But it is the live music capital of the world, so you'll get your uh, you'll get your fill full of country music if you want to see it. Um, Unreal. Tell us about the process. Uh, Pro Kick obviously is is deeply established as far as producing punters. Uh, Michael Dixon, Ryan Buchevsky, two guys Texas fans are very familiar with. Um, what is the process like from the moment you decide, hey, this is what I want to do, to kind of finding that college? How does that go? Well, I'm not sure how the recruiting works over in the states, but here we don't talk to any of our any of the schools over in the states. Our coaches uh, do all the the liaising, I guess, and they talk to all the coaches. We just get the film. We train, train our asses up, and you know we leave it up to them to place us at the best school that they think will fit our our, our ability, our academic qualifications. You know what we want to get out of our football journey, um, what we like as a person. So you know, if someone loves going, you know, if someone loves going skiing or snowboarding, they're not going to place them out in the south. So. It's, it's just a matter of um, finding the, the right school and, and waiting for the right school to come knocking. And yeah, they, <laughs> Texas was a dream all along. As they, they both knew that. And, um, you know, I like the warm weather. I'm from Newcastle in, in Australia, which is famous for its beaches and, and hot weather. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting over to Texas. Well, it is. Uh, it's 101 degrees today in Texas. Um, we got no, no beaches, but lots of lakes. So you, you won't be far from... Uh from water for sure um 
what, you know, what did you grow up? I guess most of you guys play like Australian rules football. Is that kind of how this comes about? Or how much do you know about American football in in and of itself? Yeah, we, we all grew up playing Aussie rules football. 90% of the guys in the program did. Um, so that's where you see that, that Aussie rules style uh, rollout drop punt that uh, so many guys in college are using at the moment. Um, and I guess, I guess my first perception of college football came from, yeah, like Hollywood movies and, you know, Madden Xbox games. It's, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm learning the rules with my brother. And, you know, I'd like to think I've got a, a sort of a handle on how the, the game moves and how the game's played, but I've got no idea how the things are called or, you know, any of those sort of things. So there's still plenty to learn. You said your coaches kind of do the the legwork on the recruiting front. Have you, since you've been committed, have you been able to talk to any of the coaches at Texas, like Coach Bullware, Coach Herman? Yeah. yeah. So when when we've got a school, when they've found a school for us, that's when I guess it's almost up to us to to keep our relationships up with the the coaches that are there. So once I was uh, in talks with Texas, I started talking to Coach Herman uh, on the on the first offer call and I've been keeping in close contact with coach Bowler and coach Horning since then. What do you, I mean, what are your impressions of those guys, uh, you know, right off the bat? Oh, they're awesome dudes. Like not a bad thing to say about them. I can't wait to get to work. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to meeting them in person and, you know, getting in the thick of it. You told me that you, you've trained with, with Ryan Buchevsky a little bit. Um, I, I think you've met Michael Dixon a couple of times. What do you, I mean, what have, what have those guys kind of told you about the process about America and about Texas in, in, uh, in general? Well, I haven't actually, um, haven't actually met Michael. I've only trained with Ryan a few times and that was right as he was finishing his journey in Melbourne training, getting ready to go to Austin. So it's, yeah, it's all pretty new. I guess they're, they're over there and their legacy is, you know, paved the way for me to get there. So I'm, I'm just really looking forward to getting to work and building on that tradition that they've established. Um, Ryan hasn't told me a whole lot about Austin. I guess that's all for me to find out when I get there. Yeah, I mean, at least he's going to be there for a year, I guess. I think it'll be a senior year once you enroll. So uh, you'll have somebody, a little taste of home to at least maybe break yeah. in. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. I know you, you've had – I've read some stuff some other guys have done on you, some other stories that you spent some time working in, in the mines. And um, I'd love for you to just kind of walk us through, kind of tell us this, the, the story of your journey and how it got here. Yeah, so I guess yeah, our professional sporting ranks over here in Australia, you're picked up at 18 or you're not picked up pretty well. So um, there's no college sports. So I wasn't picked up out of high school as an 18-year-old, so I had to – figure out something that I needed to do. And at that time, pro kick and, and college football wasn't on my on my radar at all. So I had to go and uh, find a job and my old man helped me um, find a, an apprenticeship. And, you know, I, I applied for the job and ended up getting a job in the coal mines as a plant mechanic, which started off, yeah, the first year and a half, I was working as an underground coal miner, which was very, very different. <laughs> a little little 17, 18 year old running around underground. It was um, very daunting to say the least. But uh, yeah, I'd, since since then, I, they moved me to the open cut coal mine uh, where I got to work on the big dump trucks and the big bulldozers and excavators and you know cut my teeth on all the all the big bits of gear that we have there and uh, you know long long hours, weekends, night shifts, um, you know twelve hour shifts each time. So it was. It was something that you can't be doing for 40-odd years, so I needed to find a way out of that profession and 
yeah, I thought what's better than going and getting a degree and playing elite sports somewhere else, uh, seeing the world. And you know, I'm, I'm decent at kicking a football, so I might as well <laughs> give it a crack. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was how that came about. Absolutely, man. If, if kicking a ball pays for college, trust me, you just kick, you keep kicking it. Um, do, you have, do you have any clue, like, what you want to study or, or what you want to major in once you get over to college? Yeah, so I'm studying psychology, and I think that ideally I'd like to branch into sports psychology. I feel like that's something that I can um, benefit from when sport is finished. I mean, no one can play football forever, so I've got to think of something that I can continue on post-football. Um, I don't know the answer. Usually I know these answers, but I don't know the answer to this before. What is – got to ask what that is because our listeners are going to ask what, what that noise was in the background. The noise, can you hear something? Yeah, it sounded like an animal. That, oh, that's sorry, one of my one of my neighbors is cutting wood with a Oh, down the, yeah. Okay, I got you, I got you. I thought it was some that's sort of I animal. Got the in. Oh no, uh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no worries. Um have you had any uh, you're you're a commit in the twenty twenty one class. They've already got a bunch of guys committed that are high school kids. Have you had any contact with them? I know they've got a group text, but I don't know if they've looped you in yet or not. Yeah, they've thrown me into the, the group message, which is really cool. They all show me some love, and um, they all got around me on Twitter and, and Instagram, which is – it's really cool. It's, it's all becoming a little bit real now, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, so what's what's the plan from here on out, man? Is it just uh, continue training until until it's time to enroll? Yeah, well, the, uh, the restrictions are sort of easing over here, so I'm able to go from Newcastle back to Melbourne and train full-time again for the next six months before I prepare to head over to Austin. Um, I've got another unit or something to one or two units to study next semester. And other than that, I'll just keep refining the craft with, uh, with pro kick and get over here ready to, ready to hit the road, I guess. All right. Well, Isaac, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to join me, man. I know uh, a lot of Texas fans were interested to hear how this process works with pro kick. So uh, thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. No worries, mate. Thank you for your time. And I want to thank Isaac Pearson for taking the time to get with me. It was uh, it was wild working out the fifteen plus hour time dis- uh, time difference to uh, to get together and do that interview. And I was tempted to ask him what was happening tomorrow because it was like Monday, or I think we did it on Tuesday. So it was like Wednesday morning while it was while I was here Tuesday evening. So, um, all right. Nick, let's get over to the mailbag. As always, you can get your questions in um, on the Horns 24-7 message board, or you can leave us a five-star review if you're not a member of Horns 24-7. And let's be honest, if you're not a member of Horns 24-7, what are you doing? But uh, if you want to get in on the action, leave us a five-star review with your question. We guarantee we will answer those. All right, our first question from uh, Hook'em SD, uh, excluding uh, Ishmael Ibrahim and J.D. Coffee over under on... Uh, 0.5 commits by July 1st. I'd probably go under. Um, I don't know if there's anything imminent um, following those two's decision um, that Texas could be in on, really. 
Um, so I'd probably go under there. Uh, is Texas in contact with the O-lineman from Lakeview Centennial who just got invited to the All-American Bowl? So yes, Ezra Oyatati, a favorite of mine, a guy I've been talking about for basically all spring um, as a guy that I, I would hope Texas would look at at center. Um, I, from what I understand, the Texas staff has been in contact. They have evaluated him. I think that there is a case of where they're they're holding out for, for the Brockermeyers a little bit, but um, I, it wouldn't sh- totally shock me to see them go in on him. I think that kid's a phenomenal player. I think he's a great center. When we did our 24-7 sports expert draft back at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, he was my pick at center. So uh, big fan of that kid. I've been a big fan of him for a while. Oh, Hook'em SD, this is a sneaky question because I said about a month ago, that there'd be four commits by July 1st. And right now, if Ish and uh, Coffee commit, that'll put me at three. So, I, you know, I'm going to stick to it. You know, I, again, like Mike said, I don't think anything's imminent, but I'm going to go ahead and stick to stick to my uh, stick to my word from about a month ago. And maybe we land a kid before July 1st. <laughs> All right. Um, our next, I guess, question from St. Milro 3. Uh, this is a Texas recruiting podcast. Half of us don't care what the... Uh, I guess this is not a question. It's just a suggestion. Half of us don't care what the recruit thinks about Coach O. Uh, we want to know what they think about Coach Herman. Seems like every interview, uh, the recruit gets asked, how is it re- to get recruited by Coach O? So just to address this, um, I mean, when we talk to a kid, we really want to talk to him about their whole recruitment. We're not going to – I mean, obviously, we're going to focus on Texas. And I think pound for pound on, on just about all of our interviews – um, we focus more on Texas than anything else, but we're also going to ask that kid about other schools and um, you know things about the uh, you know things that stand out about them. And hey, I'm a big Coach Ofa. Oh, guy, I, I love listening to that guy talk. Um, I bet if I was a recruit, I would love visiting LSU and talking to Coach O. So I kind of want to know how it is. And since it's my show, I can do that. <laughs> Uh, our next question from Anonymous, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If Billy Bowman had never stepped foot on defense and you had only seen him play wide receiver and uh, return kicks and punts, uh, would you have him as your number one receiver in the state? Uh, if not, who would you have ahead of him? Uh, same question for Jatavian Sanders. Would he be your number one tight end in the state? If not, who would you have in front of him? To be clear, I agree both are better defensive prospects. Just wondering how you assess them offensively. I really like Billy and, and for the longest time thought he was like the perfect slot receiver. But I would probably have him behind JoJo Earl easily. Um, I guess he. I think he'd probably be in that mix right after JoJo. But uh, JoJo's a guy to have in front of him. If Jatavian Sanders just wanted to play tight end, I'd probably have him as top tight end in the state. That That's pretty easy. Yeah, I agree with you on Jatavian for sure. I saw him make some plays in that state title game at the tight end position that uh, wowed me because I didn't know he could he, he could catch the ball like that first and move like that as well. Uh, so in my opinion, he'd definitely be the number one tight end in the state. As far as Billy, I, I'd make him a top five wide receiver. I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's two or three, though, uh, but I'd put him top five. Our next question from Polly Dreamer. In regards to recruiting, what are the feelings inside the program? Is the staff getting worried? Um, from what I'm told, uh, nobody's panicking, but there's there's obviously some areas where they feel they can do better. Um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, there's definitely not a lack of effort. It's just, it's really, I mean, it's been a really tough road this year. It's been a really weird one uh, with the pandemic. And so um, I, I don't think anybody's panicking. I think there is a lot of confidence in, as far as what they can do this season and maybe the class they can generate off of that. Uh, next question from Anonymous, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Again, Anonymous has asked like five questions in a row on here. Um, I'm only going to pick a couple since we got a, we got like 20. Um, 
since J- uh, since Jalen Milrow is in contact with schools like Bama and Miami, is the Texas staff in contact with any other quarterbacks, namely Preston Stone? Uh, not to my knowledge, and uh, from what I understand, I don't think Preston Stone was a guy that Tim Beck really liked. I'm not sure he'd be a guy that would be recruited here under Mike Yersich. Um, Nick, you haven't heard of, of any quarterbacks that I might be missing on. No, no, not about. at all. But I, I think maybe in the fall there might be a couple of guys, a couple of twenty-one guys that explode, and you might see Texas get involved with. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh, you know, a two-quarterback class might not be completely out of the equation right now. Uh, next question from Anonymous: How hard is the staff recruiting Keytron Jackson for a kid who said he grew up a Texas fan? What is Arkansas pitching that Texas can't? Um, really, it's just a case of Texas offered late, and that's hurting them. He's visited those other schools. He hasn't visited Texas. Maybe if he holds out and Texas can get him on campus in the fall, they can change the tide. But I actually talked to somebody around him today that just said, look, man, if Texas had offered him earlier, he'd be in the class already probably. Yeah, I agree. The, the early offer definitely helps Arkansas, and Arkansas is starting to build a pretty nice class as well, too. Uh, Lucas Coley, a quarterback from the San Antonio area, just committed today, and he's already recruiting Keytron on the timeline. So uh, Arkansas is putting together a pretty good class themselves. Our next question from OB James 23 did Texas make up any ground with Savian Bird after his virtual visit? Um, you know, I talked to a coach this week who just said, you know, the first time we did this virtual visit thing, it seemed cool, but it really just doesn't do much. I mean, it is what it is. They're doing the best with what they can, but I, I don't expect that to be anything that makes up ground, and I haven't heard anything in regards to Savion with it, it making up ground. Yeah, same here. Uh, next question from uh, Saved by Milrow. Jameer Johnson just announced he will be committing on July 3rd. How do you see this one playing out as of right now? This is just another recruitment where I thought, you know, if, if Texas can get him to the fall or get him on campus, maybe, uh, you know, I, th- I thought they were in a really great shot to win it. I just don't see him committing without visiting. I could be wrong. I haven't been told anything definite, uh, but uh, it's it's really hard to see this kid making a decision to commit to Texas without ever visiting, and he's got so many ties to Colorado, I would think Colorado's probably in the lead spot there. Yeah, without visiting and being halfway across the country, uh, I, I, I don't like our chances, but like you said, I don't, I don't think it's zero. Uh, next question from Detroit Horn 92 Nick, are you willing and able to change your, car, your own car tire without assistance from uh, me or anyone else? Uh, and then I can explain why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely change my own car tire. <laughs> this is the one I saw last so, week. <laughs> yeah, so um, the joke there is that EJ couldn't change his car tire. You know, tires. I figured that was it. Um, <laughs> and, like, one time I had to help EJ refill the washer fluid in his car um, because he just didn't, like, he just didn't know anything about cars, so... And it's not like I'm I'm the master mechanic or anything. I just I know how to change a tire. I can refill the I can add oil. I can like refill some stuff. So uh, it's it's a very low bar. Um, our next question from uh, JF one zero three five seven on the topic of committable versus non committable offers. How do teams decide which players won't react poorly to a non committable offer? I feel like most players would not like being told they are offered but can't commit unless some other player goes to a different school. I guess my question is how highly of a ranked kid can you get away with uh, giving a non committable offer, and how common in general are they? They're extremely common, and I think they range depending on the kid. Really, it's a situation of reading where you think you are with that kid and what you think you can use as leverage. So, if a kid, regardless of their of their um, of their ranking, 
is really into your school and like maybe that's the only place he ever wanted to go um i think that you can use that as leverage so uh it's more so just a kind of case-by-case basis and and reading that recruit and seeing what you can do yeah case-by-case basis you took the words out of my mouth on that one i think it's just every recruit's a little bit different in how they uh interact with schools and interact with schools interactions with them um but i will say there there is a recruit that uh texas has offered that is non-committable right now but if it became a committable offer he would probably commit so you know with some kids like you said texas is their dream offer uh and if that offer is non-committable so be it they'll wait it out until maybe it becomes committable uh so yeah it's just a case-by-case basis for sure all right our man anonymous dropped some more questions (laughs) here uh do you sense uh real interest from both sides uh, on Ike Chuku Iwana from Garland Lakeview Centennial. I think the kid could blow up. He looks like a freak athlete. Yeah, so I'm going to have a story out with him this week. Uh, there is some real interest there for sure. I think that I'd, I'd really like to see. I'm starting to almost build like a, a little camp at Lakeview with, with Kamar Wheaton there and, and Ike and you know, if they offer Ezra, that'd be great. Um, you know, because I've got, I, I talk to people at Lakeview just about every day now because of it. But um, yeah, I think Ike's got a lot of interest. He, you know, he doesn't talk much. He's not used to this. It's it's been a bit overwhelming for him. Uh, but uh, he did do an interview with me, and so um, we're going to do a, a story next week on him. But uh, I, I think there is legit, le- very legitimate interest there, and I'm um, interested to see, you know, kind of how things go. I think he wants to take visits at this point. Um, but hell, I've said that just about everybody, and then they all end up committing in July. So, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, he asked about Andrew Jones as well. Uh, it sounds like Andrew Jones has cut his list to three and is about to make a decision, and I don't think Texas is anywhere on it. Um, our man Anonymous did say he loves the podcast. Uh, he's given us a five-star review, and we thank you very much for that. Uh, he suggests that we elaborate and give some more insight uh, on on things that might be harder to relay on a written form. Uh, sometimes it feels like you're getting the next question, not because you're lazy, but maybe you've been told to keep the podcast short. So I want to address that. Um, I worry at all times like I'm rambling, and so I probably sounds like I'm trying to hurry along and, and move on concisely to the next one. And sometimes I worry that there may be too many questions or people might get bored with it. So uh, it is something we're working on. We aren't natural broadcasters, you know. I mean, well, I guess Nick is. Nick's more of a natural broadcaster than I am. But, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm first in the written word. And so getting into podcasting is still learning a lot about my broadcast voice and um, getting comfortable with that and in my own skin there. So sometimes if it sounds like I'm, I'm speeding along or I'm uh, maybe just dipping in and out, it's, it's because I try to be clear and concise and, and not ramble. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I get into a point where I start rambling as well, and I, I get self-conscious about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, our next question from Eyes of Texas 512, is Herb Hand doing the best he could do in recruiting uh, the brothers on the O-line? So the Brockemeyer brothers, who we talked about earlier in the show, I was told specifically by several people that their reluctance towards Texas has nothing to do with Herb Hand. In fact, I was told that Herb Hand has recruited them better than any coach out there. The problem is development and winning. I mean, it just it, it boils down that easily. And I know that it's kind of an answer I give all the time, but it's kind of a you know, it's a big answer. The guys want to develop and they want to win. They want to win championships when they go to college. If they can go to every college or any college, then 
they obviously have the option to go to any college and win championships. So uh, that's really the biggest thing. I know it, it, it seems like it should be easy. They grew up Texas fans, but um, kids are different now. You know, they, they don't have this mentality of, um, you know, staying there forever. I, you know, uh, James is a, is a very gifted student. Um, I could see him going maybe three years and graduating. And if he's playing at Alabama, great. If not, he's a grad transfer to a place like Duke or Stanford or somewhere like that. Tommy's the guy who probably plays three years and is headed to the NFL. So, um, you know, I, I think they just kind of look at it differently. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly on that. Our next question from Green89, who is the 21 player being slept on and ready to blow up? Man, Ezra, my guy Ezra, I would have told you probably is is the guy. Um, who I'll tell you a guy who I really like in the 21 class who has very few offers right now. I think he has three or four. But if he has 20 offers by the end of the season and the end of the, of the recruiting period, don't be surprised. He's a kid I actually saw today. Saw him last week, too. Amari Walker, receiver from McKinney High School. Uh, he's a smaller receiver, probably about 5'9 or so, but long, really long arms, natural pass catcher, and one of the fastest kids in the state of Texas. So uh, that's a kid that they've just struggled to get him the ball when he was at Mesquite Horn. I think McKinney's not going to struggle to get him the ball. In fact, they, the coaches told me there's no way they struggle to get him the ball. And uh, if that kid gets the ball and puts the production together with his athleticism, he'll have a ton of offers by the time this is all over. Oh, boy. I did not realize he was at McKinney now. That, that's huge. He could definitely be a kid that blows up here in the next couple of months. Oh yeah. Um, as, as far as uh, as far as mine, actually, I just put a thread up on my Twitter at 9 p.m. as we're recording this Thursday. Uh, Nick Harris two four seven. There's a few names in there that I really like, uh, but one that really uh, comes out is Chris Akins. He's a wide receiver and linebacker. Uh, he probably projects as more as a linebacker at the next level. Uh, he's from Hugo, Oklahoma, a two A school out in Oklahoma. But uh, he has great size, great speed, great mobility, and he has zero offers. So uh, I, I'm really hoping that kid can uh, have a solid 2020 year and uh, you know pile up some offers onto his table. All right, uh, next question from Griffin McCombs. Uh, what have recruits said to us about uh, Herman and the staff's positive approach to the Black, Live Ma- Black Lives Matter protests? Um, I'll, I'll be really clear. I haven't asked anybody about it because I, I just I don't want it to seem like it's some sort of recruiting ploy. Uh, maybe as, as we get a little further away from it, I might ask about it, but no one's brought it up to me and I haven't asked anybody about it. Yeah, but you can, see, you can definitely see on Twitter uh, with uh, recruits reacting to uh, the team going out to the protest in Austin last week or Herman's statement on uh, The Herd this week or Herman's statement, um, his written statement that he put on his Twitter. Uh, recruits are interacting with that in a very positive way. And I think, you know, kind of compared to other schools, I think Texas really did a good job of addressing uh, this issue um, when it first came to fruition uh, in society. And I think the recruits noticed that. And so far, it's been pretty positive as far as the reactions go. All right, our next question from OB James 23 Who do you think leads uh, Shamar Turner's recruitment right now? And do you think the Brockermeyer's decision will influence uh, him or Milrow? Uh, no, first of all, the Brockermeyer's have nothing to do with Milrow or Shamar Turner. I mean, they don't really know any of them, so um, I, I doubt it. Uh, for as far as Shamar Turner's recruitment, I don't know if there's an outright leader right now. There's nobody I would feel good in putting a crystal ball in for, but I think that Texas is in as strong as position as anyone. I, I've been told that Shamar loves Texas, um, and so 
I, you know, it's, I think Texas is in it. They basically just got to hang on and uh, get him on campus for the official if they can. And, um, you know, just went out. I, I, I don't see them. Um, I don't see them being in the for, in the background of this recruitment at all. Though. Yeah, I agree. I think Texas is in a great position right now. Um, and kind of talking to the commits uh, that have been talking to him, uh, more namely Derek Harris. I was talking to him last week and uh, talking about his conversations with Shamar Turner. And, uh, he, you know, he's just playing the process out right now. But I think um, the commits are staying in contact with him. The staff is staying in good contact with him. So I think Texas is in a great position in his recruitment right now. All right, next question from Earl Thomas, 12. Who is expected to be an early enrollee at this point? Um, I think it's Milrow. Uh, I think Derek Harris is an early guy. I think Hayden Connor is an early guy. Um, I think Billy might be. I'd have to check on that. I think Billy Boatman might be, but I'd have to check on that. Those are the guys I know for sure right now. Yeah, the only one I know for sure is Hayden Connor. I just asked him last week, and he's planning on it. Uh, our next question from Longhorn SD, do you think there's still a chance the Brockmeyer brothers go to different schools? If so, do you think one is leading more towards Texas than the other? Uh, not, at this point, maybe, but I, I very much doubt it. I, I still think both of them end up at the same school. Yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if they ended up at separate schools. I forgot that was kind of a possibility, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Um, our next question from Triplet Joseph forty four. What is uh, one of your craziest stories with the recruitment? Not counting Zach Evans. Um, I, it's so hard because when you say Zach Evans, like that's all the crazy I think of. <laughs> um, who had an interesting recruitment? The I mean the Javon Shepard recruitment was pretty insane uh, from top to bottom. Um, you know, it was the, the stories I heard of, um, you know, there were Javon was up or down and it was, you know, is he coming to campus this week? Is he going to go to A&M first? Is somebody going to take him from A&M to Austin? Like it was constantly that every week I remember. And, um, you know, there were stories of him fighting his coaches at high school, throwing weights at their heads and things like that. Like it was, that was a pretty intense recruitment. Um, I would say, that's up there. Um, like the, the well, what could have been story, I, I think, is, you know, when we got word in 2018 that Jalen Waddle was a silent commit to Texas in the spring. And then, um, you know, he, some people in his ear talked him out of it. And it was just never the same with Jalen in Texas after that. And, um, you know, you think about that now and what, what Texas could be if they had Jalen Waddle on the roster. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, just kind of reminding you all, the 2020 class was my first full recruiting class, full-time recovering, uh, covering recruiting. Uh, but the I guess the craziest one from the 2020 class was probably uh, Jade Barone and, you know, the late flip, the super late flip uh, to Texas. And um, it was something we were always keeping an eye on, and I felt like it was uh, – uh, it it could have happened right before the early signing period. And whenever he signed, you know, we figured that was it. And then <laughs> three and a half months later, uh, after a pandemic uh, breaks out, and what do you know, Jody Barone's a Texas Longhorn. So uh, that, that's probably the craziest one for me as far as the 2020 class, other than Zach Evans, of course. How did I not think about Brew McCoy? I was about um, to say, I, I was letting you, gonna, I was going to let you take Brew. <laughs> When you said late flip, it triggered in my head, Brew McCoy. Um, I think I've told this story before. Uh, Brew, so like EJ and I were driving to the All-American Bowl. Um, 
where Brew was, and it was right after the, it was the day after the Sugar Bowl. We stayed up that night. I watched the Sugar Bowl. I did post game reaction to like three a.m. and then we left at like seven to go to the All American Bowl. Brew was there. We were supposed to meet up with him for an interview, um, and we got a call on the way from another guy in our in our network who said Brew is is signed his paperwork. It's done, and we checked with a source who had a login to the basically the the database that showed if they had a letter of intent because colleges have to have that now with the early signing period if not and a kid signs but doesn't announce right then and you're talking to him you're committing a violation so they have to have access to see if that paperwork's in um and we kept being told that paperwork was not in um which is why when the whole world was saying usc we were saying this isn't clearly over late in the week we were told basically by brew that it was going to be USC. Um, we were, I remember exactly where we were. We were standing in the in the hotel at the Grand Hyatt uh, in San Antonio, ready to get right before the, the All-American Bowl banquet, uh, which included like where all the parents come in and they have dinner and awards and all that. And we were talking to DeGabriel Floyd and DeGabriel told us verbatim, Brew's going to sign with USC and enroll in USC like Monday. If Cliff Kingsbury gets an NFL job, he's going immediately into the transfer portal. I remember telling EJ, like, if we tell people, if we start writing this, people are going to think we're insane. And, um, you know, to EJ's credit, he stuck to his guns and was like, screw it. We've got good intel on it. Like, let's just see what happens. And as soon as Kingsbury got the job, I had a guy who had to log into the transfer portal that I was texting every day going, let me know when his name's in there. Let me know when his name's in there. And when it went in, we, we, you know, it hit just like it said it was. And so uh, that was an insane story. Um, obviously, we didn't see it bouncing back the way it did. But, uh, you know, as far as on the front end, it was it was a pretty crazy story. All right, Nick, our last question comes to us from Charles Daniels. And he says it is the first annual state of recruiting backyard barbecue. Uh, pick one Texas high school football coach to man the grill. Uh, Nick, you get to pick one Texas recruiting target to be the DJ. Uh, Mike, which uh, Texas media mafia member is in charge of bringing the beer, and what brand do they bring? Um, I love this question. So uh, you can give yours, but my Texas high school coach is Chris Gilbert. Uh, he is the guy. I heard earlier this week on on open mics, uh, the open mic edition of the State of Recruiting, uh, Chris Gilbert is, is uh, a master on the smoker. So I'm going Chris Gilbert for my uh, – my man on the grill. I respect that. Uh, as far as the recruit, um, I put. You can give a coach if you want oh, to. Oh, you know my answer is going to be Webb. It's always going to be Webb. Um, <laughs> as far as the DJ, I'd probably put Landon King. Uh, we haven't talked about music before, but the kind of stuff he puts on the timeline, you know, I, I respect his music choice. So Landon King will probably be on the on the DJ. Um, and to be clear, we are still considering Landon King a, a recruiting target, even though he has decommitted. Um, so that que- that answer hits. Which Texas media mafia member? So I wonder if that means like in the Texas market or just any high school football reporter. Because those answers vary. If it's just the Texas market, um, I'm thinking about my like Justin I Wells. Justin, I, I hope yeah. I'm. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. Here's what I'm going to say, and I hope I'm not airing these people out, but, like, Justin doesn't really drink. Um, Craven doesn't really drink. So it would probably be Eric over at Inside Texas, or it would be Jason Sukumel, who drinks a lot of beer, 
but I feel like Jason would just show up with Miller Lights, whereas Eric might bring a more uh, robust choice of drinks. Um, if it's the like the high school reporters overall, um, I can't say JP. Um, <laughs> I would probably go Tepper. Tepper and I have similar tastes in beer, so I'd probably go Tepper. And that's it. That's going to do it for uh, the mailbag. So we thank you guys for sending your questions, um, and uh, thank you for being a part of the show. All right, Nick, before we get out of here, uh, anything else you wanted to add? Uh, you, are you? Um, how's everything going? Are you still quarantining? Or are you getting out more? How's, that, how's it going? I just booked two uh, trips out of state. Uh, to me, quarantine is over. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to get out on the road. But I am taking safety precautions, of course, sanitizing masks, as, as we all should. But uh, other than that, it's just hot. Are you are you going to get on an airplane? I am. I sure am. Oh, man. You know, my wife and I have a trip booked to Mexico in August, and we're, like, going back and forth every day deciding if we're still going to take it or not. And it's just, like, the biggest hurdle for me is, is the airplane. Um, I just feel like there's so many people on them all the time, so... I don't know what they're doing to, to clean them, but we'll see, I guess. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening each and every week. We appreciate um, our members for, for uh, you know, loving the show and um, interacting with it the way they do. Uh, we continue to ask that you guys support us by uh, five-star reviews, subscribe, rate, review uh, on the podcast platform of your choice. I also want to point you to the Horns 24-7 uh, website and uh, the other Horns 24-7 podcasts, uh, including the flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and the Longhorn Blitz with uh, Jeff Howe and Rod Pavers. Uh, For Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We will see you next week. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.